0: Hey friend, welcome to Thursday, September the 15th, and today's episode of Enough for Today. Thanks for joining me. We're in Psalm 60. In fact, we're finishing Psalm 60 right now, and we will introduce a new psalm tomorrow. Now we've already done 61, so we're going to jump to 62, and then we're going to move on through um, 63, 64 in in sequence. So if you want to read ahead, uh, that's where we're heading uh, starting tomorrow and next week. I have really enjoyed Psalm 60 because it's it's been a, it's been a very different psalm than, um, than the previous set that we've covered. And it's been a refreshing turn in the tone of psalms. David is new in his reign, and he's experiencing the enemies that rose up against Israel, the oppressors, during Saul's reign. Saul's reign did not go well. He rebelled against God and led the nation away from God. God rejected Saul. Which really brought uh, defeat on the people and um, tarnished the name of God. Instead of God being glorified in Israel, He was not glorified at that season. And it, the, the big, one of the big lessons in it, in in those stories, is that a how we as individuals can influence our decisions can influence others. In this case, we're talking about a leader Saul, and now a leader David. A leader, Saul, who was scornful and rebellious and defiant and um, angry, who led the nation one way. And then David comes in and leads the nation differently. Um, and it's not just the intrinsic personal quality differences between David and Saul. It's really about their relationship with da- with God, that one rejected God and one did not. Uh, one was arrogant and flagrant. The other was humble and um, servant-hearted. And so in Psalm 60, David is seeking a revitalization of his nation. He wants God to be glorified again. He wants the people to flourish again in relationship to God. He's got a right perspective on himself as a servant to the people and a servant to God to bring them together. And from that place he cries out to God and uh, anticipates, he basically claims the promises of God and the victories of God, the goodness of God, the glory of God for his nation and for his people. This is, um, this is what scripture means when it says that David was a man after God's own heart, that he, God's heart is for our best. David's heart was for the best of others. He wanted others to know God. He wanted others to experience God's best, God's flourishing. And all this to say, number one, when you have people in your sphere that you influence, you're either a user or a blesser. You're either, a, uh, you're either going at those relationships for, for the best of those people to serve, to see them flourish, or to draw as much as you can from them to consume. You're either a consumer or a blesser. You're either giving um, or you're consuming, in terms and I'm speaking in terms of motivation. Okay, Uh, you're either going at it to get in, in your intrinsic motivation, or you're going at it with your core motivation to be what's in the best interest of these people. Now, all that leads to this: you, number one, you are influential. Number two, you are called to be influential. Number three. God gives you enough grace and mercy to be influential and generously influential. And when you decide to live that life, you're standing on solid ground to claim God's promises and to see God glorified in your life. Okay, so this is the sense of this psalm. Um, Verse nine, who will bring me into the strong city? Who will lead me into Edom? Who will help me? Conquer the enemies that threaten these people. Wilt not thou, O God, which hadst cast us off, and thou, O God, which didst not go out with our armies. When Saul was king, there was not victory, there was not glory, there was not flourishing. Um, Now verse 11. Okay, so we, we, we read up to verse 10 yesterday. Now verse 11 and 12, and this is where the psalm ends. Give us help from trouble. For vain is the help of man. So David has set himself as a servant of God, a servant to the people. He wants to raise up the banner of God's name. He wants to magnify the message of God's truth. He wants God to be glorified again in Israel. And so based on that position, that posture, he says, give us help from trouble. Uh, God, I'm not asking for, for myself. I'm asking for your glory. And I'm asking for the blessing of others. My friend, that's a great motivational source from which to ask for help. Okay, so if you're in a situation where you really need God to break through, let me ask you this, why do you need him to break through? Do you need him to break through just for your own comfort? That's a weaker motivation than if you can say, first of all, God, you've promised Second of all, God, you'll be glorified in the fulfillment of your promise. So my first motive is your glory. Thirdly, God, you'll be um, alive and glorified in the hearts of other people. Others will hear the truth and will see you, and you'll be glorified in that. You'll be magnified. And fourthly, God, as you give me help, I will raise up out of that help, out of that deliverance, and I'll be a billboard of of your messaging, your glory. God, I'll glorify you in a greater way. When you can stand in that motivational world, you are on the most solid ground from which to ask for help from God. So David, uh, flagrantly, courageously, uh, audaciously, give us help from trouble, for vain is the help of man. I'm not going to go about this myself or just seek the help of men or other treaties or other ways of of working peace. I'm going to God, verse 12. Now look at his conclusion, his declaration, okay? Through God, we shall do valiantly, for he it is that shall tread down our enemies. So we can know 21st century today, this principle still applies to our lives. It's God that wins the victories in our lives. It's God that wants to be magnified and his name and his presence and his reality magnified and, frankly, experienced in our lives and through our lives. He's going he's to tread down the threats. He's going to resolve our vulnerabilities and our fears, and he is our protector. But look at the beginning of verse 12. Through God we shall do valiantly. And I love this word valiant, valor, okay? The, the concept is woven all the way through the psalm. That's why it's great that it lands on this principle. Valiant or valor is to be courageous on behalf of someone else. Um, one of the compelling verses of my journey to Connecticut to Emmanuel was—I uh, want to say it's First Chronicles 19. Don't quote me on that. But let us behave ourselves valiantly for our God, for the cities of our God, for our people. <laughs> I messed it up. Let us behave ourselves valiantly. Uh, for our people and for the cities of our God and let the Lord do that which is good in his sight. First part of that is be of good courage. Um, Be not afraid. But uh, it was David's mighty men calling each other to behave valiantly. Hey, let's put it all on the line. Let's go out and lead well, love well, fight well, uh, go into battle well for others so that they can flourish and experience God valor is courage for the sake of others and my friend when you decide to rise up in the call of God for the mission of God for the glory of God and to live valiantly servant hearted, sacrificial laying down yourself for the best interest of others spiritually you can count on this you can absolutely count on this God will rise up to your help this is who he is. This is what he does. But he does it for, for those that are going to be um, valiant. So go be courageous today for someone else's benefit. Happy Thursday. We'll see you tomorrow.